Welcome, people, to the Empire State Act. Not for nothing, this episode tells you an important story for you to reflect on whilst creating some magical plans of expansion internationally, new product lines, new services, especially in the new year. You always have this energy, this extra energy to tap into to make this 2022 year wonderful. So when going for international expansion, you're dealing with a similar situation as you have while setting up a new company. The only big difference is that you already have your customers in place and that you can leverage those customers to back up your plans internationally. Use cases, or in other words, feedback reviews from your customers describing the benefits they've experienced whilst working with your products or services. Have you solved a big headache for them? Solved a big problem? Yes, indeed, you can use this input and ask them to become an ambassador to spread the word and create enthusiastic ambassadors also internationally. Similar as we have done in the Deep Eddy Act, where we were talking about the South By Festival, where we uh, invited our customers and also some uh, prospects to talk about the same challenges that are present in the market, to really engage with talent, how can you do that, and to share the best practices. What have you done about it? What can you share about it? So it's important that one way or the other that you are focused on giving back and not focused on taking and I want to sell and I want to win them as a customer. You really need to build a relationship. And of course, it's also important that you need to think about whilst going internationally to, to adjust your messaging. It's all about depending on, on the culture However, the objective is, by all means, to be able to apply your solution to multiple markets, to scale, to be able to have a solution, a product, a service in place that can be applied to multiple markets. And that's true scale. And there is no higher satisfaction than that. If you can run a predictable business, that also satisfies the needs in other countries, other markets. And if you're not able to do that, that's not a big problem at all. It's a learning opportunity. You have to ask why you haven't solved the problem. And you can go back to the drawing board and learn big time from the no and listen carefully why you have not been able to help out. Be thankful for that and appreciate the time and, and effort also on the end of the prospect. And keep them, and that's a very important point here, keep them also updated on your progress of your journey by sending them casual email or giving them a call on how things are moving ahead um, or including them in a newsletter. Believe me, if you keep the line of communication open, you will always get another shot. I've had multiple situations with prospects, um, fun people, 
great meetings that did not end up eventually as a customer. But at some point, when you do not expect it, the universe will give it back to you. As long as you keep moving ahead in, in the right direction. And what that direction is, is merely the combination between market fit, the product or service that you have, and I believe the most important as- aspect is your capability to persist, to keep moving, to keep trying, even when it's difficult and even when the resources are limited. But that's the challenge, right? That's why we love entrepreneurship. So at the end of the South By event, basically we evaluated to go fully ahead for the USA as our next market of growth. And for good reason, actually, because the timing was right. We had customers, we had market traction, and yeah, we're not little customers we had. So we're big international clients, um, and we had an enormous amount of energy to go out there. And regardless, at that moment in time of the tension and the relationship with our shareholder, um, we decided to simply go there and spend the final months in my journey with my previous company, Apple, with high hopes. So what could possibly go wrong? And that's where I will share a lot of knowledge and experiences with you in this Empire State episode. And I can tell you a lot knowing the outcome can go wrong. (laughs) What happens in short is that in a long and intense startup journey, you're facing multiple challenges, either small or big, with various stakeholders, with suppliers, with your employees, with your investors, uh, with uh, banks. Uh, You're faced with different, different scenarios Either good, bad, but it all depends on what you do with it. The small ones you can easily tackle, but the bigger ones take courage, force stress upon your shoulders, and let you, from time to time, confront yourself. Like investor fucked up scenarios, struggle with partners, private issues, employees who turn into rebels, challenges of all kinds come towards you as a founder. And it is a true challenge, you know, to stay on track mentally. That's what I shared with you also um, in uh, in a lot of previous episodes about this, this mental stress that's going on. And you will carry that the moment you will go to the Chamber of Commerce, register your uh, brand new company, and especially the moment when you hire people. That's the moment when you uh, start uh, to, to lose your uh, agile situation because you need to make sure that you have uh, earned enough money at the end of the month to, uh, to make the payment. And that's something that you will carry along for a long time. But on the other side, if you make more than enough money to make that happen, it's okay. But... You have to balance it out when you make an investment or when you 
hire people or um, increase your cost base uh, by renting, for instance, a new office, um, lease cars, uh, marketing costs in Google and Facebook and Instagram, stuff like that. So you really have to think clearly about that, that those costs, costs who come towards you on a monthly basis uh, that you also need to have revenue on a monthly basis uh, and that will definitely decrease your dependency on uh, external uh, funding. But the point that I want to make here is the more you overcome those scenarios, those challenges, the more confidence you will get. You will grow and you think, I will get through it. And of course, that mentality is crucial and very important for uh, for you as a founder or aspiring founder or just a person who is willing to learn more about the entrepreneurial journey. It's something to, 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 to deal with. And it's exactly the same mindset I had in early 2018. Like, hey, we're going to get through this. And we were in Austin. And of course, there were multiple crises uh, um, that I was dealing with. But yeah, the fact is, the truth is, um, when you are confident, you can also turn into persona and i wrote a blog about it um, a while ago did you turn into a wolf persona you become arrogant um, and you're, you're continuously looking for new situations uh, that you need to solve and this mindset isn't per se wrong that you really want to move ahead and, and just go there fuck it but on the other side you really need to be aware that it can set you up for failure in my situation, that my position came under fire, especially after uh, the multiple uh, coup events. And the only way out for us in March, April 2018 was basically to find a new investor. But... In hindsight, it was simply a mission impossible if you have a shareholder who owns over 70% of the company. And it was a result of our previous investors wanting to to sell off their shares, uh, co-founder leaving the company, all intense processes, um, allowing the people with the money to increase their uh, shareholdings, even though we agreed to divided um, in a 50-50 shareholdings between myself and the private equity company. But remember what I told you about the law of attraction, actually. And four different components are crucial to that. Focus. Put your efforts and thoughts in as little buckets as possible. Concentrate on as little efforts, different efforts as possible. So make your life more simple. Number three, positivity. Positive thinking really drives a positive outcome. Important. But it's also a thin line between this mindset about, you know, I'm going to make it through, we're going to survive this. 
So it's also a balancing act that you do not have to fake yourself. So you need to be authentic. Number three, teamwork. If your team believes in it, just like yourself, you can create a ripple effect because everybody is flowing this energy and, and coming up with suggestions, fix the uh, solution, and that's um, a very strength, strengthy, uh, powerful approach, but also a vulnerable approach if you look at the team dynamic, dynamics. When your team is falling behind or when there are a couple of uh, weak spots in the team. Number four, sleep and meditate. If you take sufficient time to rest and reflect, all the things will fall into place. So it's important you know, to, to take into account those four elements if you offset that uh, against the mission impossible that I was standing for in uh, early 2018. So whilst boarding the airplane with my Texan cowboy hat towards New York City in early April 2018, I did not check all those boxes that would force my law of attraction in the right direction. And in the Austin episode, I told you about the San Andreas Fault. When I was stepping over it by neglecting what was really important as an entrepreneur. And if you keep on doing that, you will attract bad things, you know, that will influence your life and the course of events quite rigorously. And I'll get back to you uh, on this later in the show. But with the resources in place, we moved with our team um, to have one of the most epic most epic weeks in my uh, life in New York City. Man, that was amazing. It was the birthday celebration week for my 39th birthday. A little bit of background. New York City is one of the few cities in the world that brings an empire mindset and energy to you as a human being especially if you're doing business there and the hospitality is unseen as well as the distractions that are going on in the after hours uh, meeting new people so in that particular week arriving on a saturday already made the experience differently normally i was always traveling on sunday to the united states so you had a night to recover and uh, adjust for the, the time differences and make sure you um, uh, were able to uh, fit your uh, natural uh, schedule in, uh, in the new time zone. And basically with a Saturday, you know, doing it that way, arriving uh, at your destination, especially in a destination uh, which is uh, six hours earlier than, uh, than the Netherlands, you can rest and you get your routine in order for a week full of meetings and opportunities. And that's, I suppose, what nearly everyone is doing, right, when you're traveling. <laughs> but knowing New York City a little bit better, it's a non-stop circus. It's a circus big time. With every night and different venue where you can go to. And not just for dinner. Party 2.0. And many people spend their weekends waking just 
waking up just in time for the magical brunches and then head out for a dinner party and for instance catch or lavo and then move over to a club it seemed to be you know the this this lifestyle there and actually it is a billion dollar industry and in that particular week um we stayed over in the William Phil Hotel in Brooklyn, where I once met once again an amazing hospitable doorman. And I never have experienced this kind of service before. He was a true leader without a title. Once I was there a month earlier with my ex-wife and my daughters, uh, he was already showing his magic with his hospitality. And a month later... Less than a month later, uh, when I was in New York City with my colleagues, he was delivering the best service there is. He listened, uh, was knowledgeable, and made you feel comfortable the minute you approached him. And I uh, still remember we did some push-ups together on the pavement uh, in front of the hotel. So uh, I was also uh, uh, physically um, well-prepared uh, doorman. And he made sure everything was in order, set us up for dinner, and that uh, in the evening uh, time we could have a nice uh, evening on top of the hotel. I think the place was called Westlight. So when I opened my uh, hotel room, uh, I remember I had this nice table full of liquor and champagne ready and some of the best views of uh, of Manhattan because the hotel was located... um, on uh, the Brooklyn side, uh, so you had a view on the river, the Brooklyn River, the bridge, uh, and Manhattan, obviously. So the evening fell, and all the colleagues uh, also checked uh, the rooms, and uh, we got together and had some uh, amazing dinner in the restaurant, uh, also with some uh, friends in the USA, and we enjoyed the great food. And we even had our own specific Dr. Caviar on our table. With our belly full of food, I think the tap um, at that point easily uh, reached $1,000 or more. Uh, So what the fuck. Our crowd was ready to head for one of the biggest clubs in town. And the club was called Marquis. Also a nice circus-like name, Marquis. Um, and this venue is located close to the standard uh, Highline Hotel, the Highline area in Chelsea. And it's truly a beautiful um, venue. So whilst it's almost impossible to sit in this uh, club, given the popularity, we always booked a VIP table um, with our own bartender pouring our drinks. Um, it's Saturday night prime time, was it? So in full party mode, we let the bottle parades come and had a great time with amazing people. And in the morning, I remember having an old school hangover uh, because we did not consume any drugs at night. So it was a nice uh, old-fashioned hangover. And a good thing about being in a different time zone is that you can also watch the Formula One race in the early morning. And I remember that Max did not finish the race then. It was a pity and a disappointment. So after the race, you know, you you starting uh, to feel better. We went up for uh, brunch time at uh, another magical venue um, called Beauty in Essex, uh, located in a building with a pawn shop-like showcase in front of uh, 
a lot of jewelry and accessories. Um, when you entered the shop, you were basically guided towards uh, this beautiful wooden staircase and uh, those phenomenal um, architecture, um, beautiful candles standing all over the place. And um, so you were basically uh, brought to the brunch area, seated on the table. You got a tons of, of lights to play with, those knee and sticks that you could put on your hat um, and do a lot of other uh, fun things with. Uh, so you could be able you know, to um, enjoy the food and the drinks. And it was free champagne there. That was nice. And here's the business model. That's why I'm explaining this also to you. The owner, Tao Hospitality, owns many of the venues in New York, the clubs, the restaurants. Uh, so they're all connected, which to some extent is, is very good because they know the customers, can guide them around. And like I mentioned in the beginning, there's a, it's a billion-dollar industry. And talking about a billion-dollar industry, I also have a very, very good tip for you, um, uh, a nice book. It's uh, called The Billion-Dollar Will. Um, and it talks about um, a um, Malaysian uh, businessman. Uh, his name is uh, Joe Lowe, who uh, really um, uh, lives the life in paradise um, at the expense of uh, the Malaysian people. So he has um, uh, his amazing vision, uh, but turns out to be a Wolf of Wall Street-like scenario and actually also financed the Wolf of Wall Street uh, movie. But in the book is also uh, quite an in-depth uh, explanation about how this nightlife uh, piece works and, and how, I would say, the, the rich and famous, the celebrities uh, come together in, 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 in this billion-dollar machine called Tao. But once again, I really had very positive experiences with them uh, all the time. Um, and I believe, you know, they, they're doing a really good job because of their service and entertainment. Um, the brunch works basically as a funnel. And they have a ton of promoter people on their payroll who guide you to really create the best hospitality experience throughout the day. So once seated for brunch... They keep an eye on you and they make sure you really have a good time. And with the ecstatic atmosphere, with the music and people dancing, belly dancers, stuff like that, uh, fantastic atmosphere in, in beauty in Essex, it was almost you know, a no-brainer to not continue our day in one of the other places in the city. And I remember one colleague saying to me, so what can we do next? This city is crazy. Um, yeah, but my energy is, uh, ooh, uh, what shall we do? And off we go. And we went to Lavo for dinner, I believe, the second night, and a party afterwards in a nightclub downstairs. And because of my 39th birthday uh, celebration, it turned out to be another long, long night with opening cases of champagne and celebration. So... At that moment, I was thinking, uh, why bother? You know, uh, you can afford it, and let's uh, let's make it a good one. 
we have the empire state mindset, right? And then the work week was nearly ready to start. And I left uh, the club and basically um, the caravan continued throughout the week. And we even closed a deal on the last day of the trip with the Volvo Ocean Race project. How bizarre. The Volvo Ocean Race landed in the week of this unseen nightlife action. And it is what a lot of people, young people, dream of. Like, wow, this is magic. You go out there, you have this VIP treatment, and uh, then you do the meetings, you think about your uh, marketing plan, you sit down with your PR agency, uh, you do meeting with prospects, um, a lot of calls in between, and you try to manage also the uh, the office in the Netherlands. So, yeah, what what can possibly uh, go, uh, go wrong there? Um, but the thing is that... If you look at this uh, specific week, uh, you go out a lot every night. It was the most intense uh, week I ever experienced. Um, and it's basically that you, you are living this lifestyle that you can, that you think of yourself like, hey, I'm, in, I'm invincible, you know, I can do anything. Um, and I think that's why uh, I really wanted to pay attention to to this Empire State Act, is that you really have to start worrying about where you are at as a founder. And it's heavy and it's intense. And I remember I slept nonstop on my way back home. And I think there would be actually one more visit to New York for me a month later. Um but yeah, there was a was a week where you um, did not have any comparisons with with this this uh, magical phenomenal week. An Empire State of Mind, you know, is also a great song from Jay Z and Alicia Keys. I think you can remember that. Um, it's a concrete jungle where dreams are made of. Big lights will inspire you. That kind of song. And that aspect they are addressing uh, in their song is 100% true. But it can also give you false hope when your chips are down. And a disconnect with your law of attraction. Like I mentioned, the four elements in the law of attraction. And distractions, and especially weeks like these, are not per se wrong. And it's also, uh, at that time, there was the focus, you know, a strategy to build your network exceptionally fast instead of spending your money on Google, Facebook ads, stuff like that. And I believe, I still believe the in-person connection is always stronger than just advertising. And you need to build a relationship with your customers and have a network in place with influencers, or people who can... Uh, talk about your product, and, and that brought us quite a lot of traction. And we were well on our way to make that happen. And I believe my way was different than the usual go-to-market playbook. And I think whilst looking at the focus aspect, and especially my own routine, I had too much on my plate. Um, 
and I decided to let things go and focus on the experience where we part of, where we were part of. So this is not fueling the law of attraction. Positivity and teamwork do, but resting was not the case. It was a survival run throughout the week in Amsterdam, and this week was a very welcome distraction. So in the office, playing around with a lot of challenges with the investor, with the team, uncertainty, Game of Thrones situation, stuff like that. Uh, you really feel the need, you know, to uh, to have fresh air, not the uh, dirty air in New York, but you know what I mean—that you uh, are in a different environment where you are able to build. And if you go internationally, when you enter a new market, it's basically the the process uh, all over again. And I think that at that moment in time, I really fall back to this. Uh, to me, confident scenario that I really want to build a new company and have a different experience, be more agile, things are more simple. But yeah, you can't do that uh, if uh, you still have responsibilities uh, also uh, in your home country and in, in the head office uh, where you're dealing with a lot of stuff. And to me, it was a bit of... Uh, surviving uh, at that moment in time. And regardless of the right or wrong judgment uh, or potential feeling with regrets, um, I simply want to give back to you that saying the number one thing to do is never ever leave the office when your chips are down. Or at least when you got the saying like, hey, this is not going in the right direction. And the pitfall I fell into at that time is that I thought I could overcome this crisis this superman mentality close to the wolf persona you are arrogant like fuck I'll eat him all alive but at some point you're fighting an enemy or dealing with people who have different resources than yourself and then you end up in a war scenario finding yourself lonely at the top and of course you have this great team around you and people are trying to help you out um, you think about the scenarios you can find the, the short-term solution to certain challenges but yeah you also have to realize that uh, you're dealing with uh, with people who have much more resources and have a bigger stake in the company. Um, and then it all comes down to, to, to your gut feel, saying to yourself, you're under pressure. Um, don't carry on. Don't just carry on. It's a serious vulnerability for you and it's a serious threat. And what I learned, it also influences your reputation as trolls and haters are standing there, you know, to, to drink your blood. Um, because they feel it, what's going to happen. And what I believe, what I could have done different is to, to really get out of the arena. Focus on yourself. Protect yourself. And the best thing you can do is talk to people who stand close by to you, like your family 
objective people far outside the company. Um, you really need, need to be sure you're creating this network of trust. Have a coach or a mentor. Um, and at some point, what I noticed that, especially with weeks like this, um, is that you lose the conversation. And if you lose the conversation, you will lose the business. And I lost the conversation uh, also with the investor. Um, yeah, at some point, you enter in a, in a trenches uh, war situation. And I was also not having the conversation with my family. You know, I kept things for myself. I wasn't able to talk about it uh, um, and because of the stress. And despite the fact that a lot of people ask me, oh, it's going, yeah, yeah, it's good, good. Um, at those moments, you realize you've gone too far and everything you, you are doing is hurting your reputation. And like I just mentioned, when you lose this, this conversation... Um, you're at risk losing everything. Family, business, network, reputation. And I, when, I, when you're dealing with a broken reputation and a broken career, despite the fact that you have self, uh, self-confidence, um, you know you can do it. You're the master and you will be the master. You created a lot of things. You've survived a lot of situations, scenarios, and you worked uh, like crazy. Two or three different jobs um, at, at the same time. Um, fundraising, growing your company, seeing customers, uh, managing payments, hiring, firing people. It's a lot of pressure there. But this specific point so important to to address here is that it really takes a while you know to 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 get back in the game and have a razor sharp focus on on yourself on self-care on how you can manage the situations and i think it's very hard work to manage difficult emotions pretty well to think clearly and accurately and update your beliefs, expectations, manage the mistakes you are making, manage the criticism you're receiving, and perform all the other functions that are in your head psychologically to 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 really create that success. And I believe that, and I'm one of them. Most people are rarely doing anything you know to to support your mind uh and especially in the situations that you're at war when you're in new york having this empire state a lot of stuff going on in the office in the netherlands yeah what are you going to do are you going to focus on uh, creating this new uh, market opportunity getting in more uh, international customers or you go back and focus on yourself. You have to think about being a professional athlete. And when you are a professional athlete and you're eating a terrible diet, you're not contributing to your resilience. You're not helping your body. 
You're not helping your results flourish. And it's about that comparison. Being a professional athlete, eating a terrible diet. And every founder is a professional athlete. And success really depends on the healthy mind. And a healthy mind depends on healthy habits. And success is related to this term self-care. And sometimes self-care is hijacked you know, to mean superficial acts of comfort and pleasure. But self-care is not about having this empire state mindset. Which in this act is really connected to making the mistake to, to celebrate for a full week and... I'm not regretting it. However, looking at it from a distance right now, it's it's easy. It's it's a temptation, you know, to, okay, I cannot influence these things. Uh, let it go. Of course, that's the playbook. But at some point, you really need to um, to uh, leave the arena, arena and focus on yourself. In reality, self-care is not superficial. It means establishing and maintaining habits and routines that support your emotional health and well-being. Things that are very, very important to any entrepreneur, any human being. To be able to support your emotional health and well-being. And successful people understand that doing your best at work depends on being emotionally strong and mentally sharp. Of course, that's the playbook. But then a lot of pressure kicks in. A lot of developments. Fucked up scenarios where you're working with. And at that specific time and trigger you're facing, you need to know where you can rely on. And you need to know that those things require time, investment and resources. And like having a coach, a mentor... It's important to have this support network in place. Like I mentioned in one of my um, first podcast shows. Be aware that success and growth comes together with being at war. When you're gathering success and you're climbing the ladder of success, the chance that you will have to go to war do increase. There are a lot of interests at stake and by being in war, it's not per se a bad thing. There can be conflicts, but don't fall in the trap of arrogance and see those moments as an opportunity to grow, to, to leave this danger zone by remaining the authentic you. Because the situation is not about you. It's about the interests. Traveling solo is a very, very important way of listening, being able to listen, listen to yourself. There's no one there, just you. And maintain the conversation with your family, number one. The people you're working with, with yourself. So that you're able to, to fix the situation and not keep things too long for yourself. 
it's important to to have this communication lines open. Be humble at the same time. Remember where you're coming from, where you have been born and raised, what you've done at school, what you've done in your career. It's important to be humble. There are a lot of egos here in this world. So let's make the world a bit more sunny instead of the darkness of egos. Think vulnerability. There's a specific thin line between dreaming big like the empire state mindset and living in the present. Speak about what it does to you and ask for help. Help is always there, even in the darkest of hours. And remember, if you want your mind to work for you, you need to work for your mind. Just moving on does not lead to any outcome. That's it, folks. Thank you so much for your attention at this episode. See you next week.